So it's so great to be in the presence of God, worshiping Him. And, you know, as we're singing the words, we just feel how blessed we are, you know, to be children of the living God this morning. Hallelujah. So this month we are continuing on the theme of accelerating spiritual growth. And like just looking at my life, and I think a lot of us can relate to our spiritual walk. You know, when we've been walking with the Lord, there are times in our life when we are doing so well. You know, spiritually, we are really growing. We are loving the Lord. At certain times, you know, we love to spend time with God in His presence, reading the Word. And we just feel on top of the world as a Christian, you know, in our walk with the Lord. We are just doing so well. And then at other times, it is completely the opposite. We come to a place where we've reached a sort of spiritual plateauing. You know, we feel really wearied and burdened in our spiritual life. We get to that place of a real dryness in our spiritual walk. We just can't get ourselves, you know, to the presence of God. We can't get ourselves to read the word or spend time in prayer or any of these things. So we go through this real up and down walk in our Christian life. And today I believe that we can really break that. You know, we can break through that and come to a place where me and you, we can really accelerate in our spiritual growth. We can really grow. We can really come to that place of consistency in our spiritual walk. And um, I've titled my message this morning, In Christ Alone. And um, the way, this title was actually my third title that I came up with. Because when I started preparing, when I started, uh, you know, looking through the Word and was preparing this morning, I began to realize that in order for us to start on that journey of really growing spiritually, regardless of whatever it is, it is only through Jesus Christ himself. Unless he becomes the center of it, there is no way we can continue to grow on that consistent walk with the Lord. You know, at times we need to come and put everything else aside. All of these other things aside, and we must say to ourselves, we must come to a place where it is Jesus Christ alone. In Christ alone is where we begin our spiritual walk. In fact, Jesus himself said, unless you're willing to give up everything else, and even willing to give up your life, you cannot be my disciple. So you see, if we really want to begin on that walk, Jesus must be everything. It is only through him we can do anything. You know, Jesus said, if we want to go to the Father, Jesus said, it is only through him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way through which we receive salvation. He died on the cross for us. He shed his blood that we could have life. Jesus is the word of God. You know, whatever way you look at it, it must all begin with Jesus Christ. And that is where we need to start. You know, currently Australia is actually going through an environmental drought at the moment. That there is no rain, farmers need water, the ground is parched, it's dry, and we're all praying for rain. You know, today uh, morning I was just reading the news that uh, even in Canberra, the dam, it's really going down. Uh, there could be water restrictions if, if no rain comes. You know, it is that place of dryness. But I believe that spiritually as well, we can get to that place of a spiritual drought. And many of us may be going through that period where we just don't feel anything. We are just dried out. You know, the ground is parched spiritually. But we need to move from that place. We need to move to that, from that place to a place of spiritual abundance. In the book of Psalms, 
chapter 63, verses 1 to 2, it says these words. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and glory. Hallelujah. You see, when we're in this dry land, what you need to begin to do is to come to Christ. You need to come to a place where you are thirsting for him. You know, your soul thirsts for the Lord. Your flesh longs for him. It becomes all about Christ. You need to thirst out for that. Just like the dry land thirsts for water, we need to come to that place of thirsting for Christ thirsting for him. You know, I don't feel like it, but Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want to get on this spiritual journey to get to a place of abundance. The place that we want to get to is like it says in Psalms 1, 1 to 3. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. You see, church, if we want to get to this place of spiritual abundance, we need to hunger. We need to thirst for Christ. We need to really seek after him. And when we do that, and when we meditate on his law day and night, then we will be like one planted by streams of living water. You will produce fruit in its season. Your leaves will not wither and you will prosper in all that you do. It is only in Christ alone we can get to this place. So this morning, I feel I can give you three keys that can really help us get from a place of the spiritual burdened dry area to a place of spiritual abundance. And it all begins with Christ. It all begins with thirsting after him and seeking him. But the first point I believe that we can do in our life today to get to that place, to begin us on that journey, is relationship over religion. Again, relationship over religion. You see, our Christian walk with God is all about relationship. And sometimes it actually ends up becoming a religious thing. And as soon as it becomes religious, I think that this is where we actually, our spiritual dryness begins. Because you're just doing, you know, you're actually imprisoning yourself to these religious activities and these religious duties. You're not doing it from your heart. Um, Paul Washer, who's an evangelist, once said these words. A lot of people think that Christianity is you doing all the righteous things you hate, and avoiding all the wicked th things that you love in order to go to heaven. No, that's a lost man with religion. A Christian is a person whose heart has been changed. They have new affections. You see, that this is what it looks like. Sometimes we're all the time, what we're doing is we're trying to uh, do all the things, try to do all the righteous things that we actually hate doing. And we try to avoid all the wicked things that we actually love doing, you know. And we think that is, being, that is being a Christian. No, but if you are a Christian, if you have relationship, your heart has changed. You have a new affection. You have a new love. It is all about Jesus. And you want to say, Lord, I want to come to you. I love doing the things that you love. I want to praise you. I want to be in your presence. 
And when you begin to do that, you know, the water begins to flow into your life. That dryness begins to go away. And this is where we need to be. Another unknown author once said, religion is a guy in church thinking about fishing. Relationship is a guy out fishing thinking about God. So I'm hoping no one was actually thinking about fishing as I was saying those words. <laughs> you could be religious. Right? No. Or you could be thinking about anything else. You might be thinking about shopping. You might be thinking about the lunch that you want to go to after this. You could be thinking about all sorts of th things. But you see, that could be a religious thing. You're just here to do your duty as a Christian. But you know what relationship looks like? It is when we come into the presence of God, saying, God, I want to be at church this morning. Lord, I'm eager to learn from you. I want to hear a word from you this morning that will bless me. I want to praise you. I want to worship you. I want to come to you, Lord. And this is where the rivers of life begin to flow. Jesus says, you know, anyone who thirsts for me, I will give him water. And out of him will flow rivers of living water. So you see, we need to move to this place of spiritual abundance. Last week we were talking about, uh, you know, Pastor John gave us some statistics about the Bible. How so many people have so, so many Bibles. It's the greatest selling book in the world. But, you know, only a small percentage actually read it as well. And I was looking at another statistic, statistic that said the Bible is the, based on the number of copies of the Bible sold, it is probably the least read book as well. So you see, we do it as a religious activity to get this Bible and put it onto our shelves, but we seldom read it. Or we just quickly read it, give it a few minutes, we're done with it, and it's back on the shelf. Last week, um, I attended the YPG Connect group, and we were talking about local missions and why it's so important. And we came to this subject of the Bible, you know, and, and from the message as well that so many of us have so many different versions of the Bible We've got like thick Bibles, thin Bibles. We've got Bibles that can take notes, all sorts of Bibles in our home. I would say a minimum number of copies you have in your home would be at least three, you know. And Teresa knows, my wife, that whenever I go, I do get a copy of the Bible, all different types. I don't read all of them, maybe just one copy, right? But then we started talking about uh, the church in China. The church in China is growing. You know, spiritually, they're just bursting through and so many people are coming to God and it is all in the midst of persecution and there was a story that one of the members said that in China and I looked it up as well and there's Christians who are being put into prison right and what they do is they smuggle pieces of the scripture into the prisons because they're not allowed to have Bibles and what they do is one person will get that, get that page and they would start to memorize it they would memorize it, keep it in their heart, pass the paper on to the next person, and pass the paper on to the next person. And slowly, they will read it, and they will put it into their hearts. And you see, church, this shows a hunger. This is what relationship looks like. You know, it is wanting to have the word of God in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, rather than just having a copy because we think as Christians that is what we need to do. So we need to come to that place like the church in China, like the people who have an affection for God, rather than doing the religious things, rather than just doing, rather than having relationship. Um, while I was preparing this for this week, I was speaking to Teresa, 
my wife again, and we were going and talking about relationship against religion. And, you know, we were having a conversation about what does relationship really look like? And one example that we went through was that imagine in my family, right, just a usual day in my family, that I get up in the morning, that this is what religion would look like if it was in my family, right? I get up in the morning, I start to get dressed for work. I've got my family, my kids there, I'm not talking to anybody. They're trying to have a conversation with me, but I'm totally ignoring them. I get up, do my thing, go have breakfast. They're all doing various things around the house. They want to say things to me, but I'm just ignoring them. I get dressed, I have my breakfast, get into the car, and I've gone to work. The rest of the family is doing their thing. After work, I come back home. Again, no chatting or talking to anybody else. My dinner's ready, I have my dinner, do my usual things, and just before bed, I decide to call everyone in the family. I sit them down, and then I tell them all the things that I would like them to do for me, and before they could open their mouth and ask me a question, I've got up and I'm gone. <laughs> And I go sleep. Uh, it seems like a pretty, pretty ideal life for some people, right? <laughs> but if I did that, that is not relationship. That is just doing a duty. And oftentimes, if you look at your walk with the Lord, this is exactly what we do. You know, Jesus is with you 24-7. You see, we ignore him. We don't hear his voice. We don't allow him to talk into our lives. We go about our day. And this very little time that we get, we come into the presence of God and we tell him all the things that we'd expect from him. And before he even speaks, we're out of there. You see, this is what religion looks like. But relationship, if I was to change that in my family, would look like, not would like, this is probably how it is, right? Is, <laughs> this is not the ideal, it is what happens, right? <laughs> is we get up in the morning. The kids are up, we're talking to each other. Usually the kids are up before us and they wake us up. And I'm not in a very good mood at that point, right? But we do get up, we're chatting, we're talking, having breakfast, have a quick prayer before we leave. We're talking about the day. We're talking about what's going to happen throughout the day, you know, and we're having that discussion. We're talking about it. During the day, I'll call Teresa up, she, see how she's going, how's work going, what's the plans for the evening. She might call me a couple of times. We get home, have dinner together, chatting. We spend a bit of time doing or playing or things like that, we have a time of prayer. And at the end of the day, we talk about how we went throughout the day, what were the hard times, what was the fun times with the kids, with school. You know, we're talking, we're learning, and then we go to bed. That is what really family looks like. And you know what? Jesus desires that of you and me. He desires that we come to that place. And when we do that out of love, that is where you begin to spiritually grow. That is when you will move from a place of spiritual dryness into that place of a spiritual abundance. So you see, it is not about religion. It is about relationship with Jesus Christ. So this morning, I really want to encourage you to hunger after God, to thirst for him. If you're in that place of a spiritual drought, a spiritual dryness, do what the psalmist says. He says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary and burdened land. 
You see, begin to do that. It's in Christ alone. You need to come to him and seek him and love him and have a new affection for him. And then you will come and be placed next to, next to streams of living water where you will be planted, where you'll be replenished. You will produce fruit and you will prosper in all that you do. Amen. That is a wonderful life. And Jesus wants that for each one of us here this morning. So the first thing is relationship over religion. So the second thing, second key I believe is going to really help us to get to that place of spiritual abundance is truth over feeling. Again, truth over feeling. You know, oftentimes in our Christian walk, we allow our feelings to guide us rather than the truth of the word of God. And we allow truth to lag way behind it. Oftentimes, you know, I've had times where I come into the presence of God on a Sunday morning. Like this morning, we had an awesome worship, you know, just praising God. His presence is here. And we love that time. And, you know, we transform. At that point in time, we make certain decisions. I've gone through times where I stand and in the midst of a wonderful worship, I feel like, man, this is it. Today is the day that I'm going to change my life. This coming week, Jesus, it is going to be all about you. This week, Lord, I'm going to live my life out for you. And, you know, I'm just, I just feel pumped up and ready to go. And my spiritual journey is just going to shoot through the roof. But then everything finishes. Monday morning comes along, right? You get back into work. You're in your workplace. All the stresses return to you. Everything that you felt through Sunday morning is just gone. You've got not-so-nice colleagues, You've got issues with work, the stresses. Then you come home and you are just drained completely out. You know, all the things that you said, this week, Lord, it's going to be all about you, is just completely gone. You see, church, that is what happens when you allow feelings to lead you and not the truth. Truth is a solid foundation. Feelings can toss and change all the time. You can never rely on your feelings. And today I, I want to say that I'm not dismissing feelings at all because we are people of emotion. We are people of feeling. And if we need to worship God, we need to have emotion and feeling in our life. But we need to allow truth to guide us and feeling only to be a gauge in our life. You know, sometimes you can say, Lord, I don't feel you are with me in my situation. I'm going through this rough time in my life. I don't feel you're here with me. Where are you, God? You know, that is your feeling. But the truth of the word of God says he is with you. He is by your side. He is the one who holds you and keeps you and protects you and leads you. And you need to declare that truth rather than just feeling it and being pulled down by your feeling. Hannah Whittle Smith wrote in 1875, the chief temptation that meets the soul and assaults at every step of the pathway is feelings. Because we do not feel God has taken us in hand, we cannot believe he has. We put feelings first, faith second, and fact last. Although God's invariable rule in everything is fact first, faith second, and feelings last of all. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this, you know. Fact needs to be first, which is the truth of the word of God. Faith, you need to put your faith in the truth of the word of God. And feelings must be last. 
You see, this is how we need to live our lives. We need to take God at his word. We need to put our trust in his word. Regardless of how you feel, you're going to say, Lord, your word says this, so I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to put my trust in you. And you see, this is where you're going to spiritually grow. If you allow feelings to be first, you are going to remain in that place of dryness because you will toss and change. One day you'll feel one way. The other day you'll feel the other way. You see, this is not where we want to be. You want to grow. And in order to grow, you must put your foundation on the truth of the word of God. And, you know, it says in here that anyone who meditates on his word day and night, he is like a tree planted by streams of living water. So let's get to that place to trust in God. And we need to take him at his word. You see, all through the Bible, in Hebrews 11, we see men of faith. And it described one after the other. And all of them, if you look at it, put truth first, faith second, and feelings last of all. One example is Noah. We all know the story about Noah, right? And God was speaking to Noah. And God told Noah, I want you to build an ark. I want you to build this big ship in the middle of nowhere, right? And I want you to go and get pairs of every animal's and seven of every clean animals, and put it into this boat, and I'm going to save you and your family. If we were in that situation, right, we would think either we are hallucinating, or we are thinking things, right, and we would say, God, this is impossible. I haven't seen any rain. There is no water anywhere close by, and you want me to build this massive ark in the middle of nowhere. It just does not feel right to me, you know. Maybe I should just sleep on it. Maybe I should just give it some time. You know, it just does not feel right. You know, but what did Noah do? Noah said, God, this seems a bit crazy to me. It seems way out there for me, but I am going to trust in your word. You said build an ark, I will put my faith in you. I will go build an ark. Regardless of how I feel, in my wisdom, this does not make sense, but I am going to go and build this ark for you, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my faith in you, and the rest, Lord, it's in your hands, Lord. And you see, because he was obedient to that word, him and his family was able to be saved. Hallelujah, church. So God, we need to come to that place. Don't let your feelings lead you. Another example is uh, Abraham. God promised Abraham that he was going to take him to a place and give him a land, a promised land, and that his descendants would be in that land, that the whole world would be blessed through his descendants. And we need to realize at that time, Abraham could not have children. He had no children. He had no descendants. You know, at that time, he could think, you know, I think God's actually, I'm not really hearing God. I'm just feeling things in my life. He could have just stayed put where he was. But Abraham obeyed the voice of God. He got up from where he was, even though he didn't feel like it. And you can actually read about, you know, where Sarah laughed as well. When God was saying these things, their feelings were there, but they were obedient to the truth of the word of God. They said, God, I'm, even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to put my faith in you. I will obey you. I will trust in you, and I'm going to do what you ask me to do. So you see, church, this is where we need to be. This is where I encourage you. If you want to grow spiritually in your life, you need to move away from feeling and come to that place of putting your trust in the truth of the word of God. Another example is in Mark 4, the disciples. They were all with Jesus. They've been seeing Jesus do everything, that he has power over everything, you know, that he is the Christ. And at the end of the day, 
Jesus tells the disciples to get into the boat and said, let's go to the other side. Right? So they get into the boat and they start the journey to move to the other side of the, um, of the Sea of Galilee. And as they're going, a mighty storm arises. There's a big storm and water starts coming into the boat. And all of a sudden, the disciples begin to fear. They begin to feel that this is the end. They're all going to perish. And at the same time, Jesus is fast asleep in the boat. You see, if they put their trust in the truth of the word of God who said, we are going to the other side, they should have known that we will reach to the other side. Regardless of the storm, regardless of what is happening in my life, God has said that we will go there, which means we will end up there. But their feelings took over. They said that, oh no, what is going to happen? All of these storms are coming. We are going to perish. Jesus was woken up. He got up. You know, Jesus was very peaceful at that time because he knew he is going to get to the other side. And he got up and he said, oh, you of little faith, they should have put their faith in the truth of the word of God who said we will get to the other side. And this morning, if you want to grow spiritually, you need to be at that place of saying, God, you've said it. Regardless of my situation, regardless of how I feel, I know that you are going to take me to the other side. So church, I encourage you to go from that place of just feeling to putting truth first. Put your faith in the truth and feelings last of all. You could be here this morning thinking, you know, and you are feeling that you have no value. No one really values you this morning. You're going through a time where you think nobody really cares about you. But you know what? When you go to the truth of the word of God, everything will change. Because Jesus himself saw you as so precious. God saw you as so precious and so valuable that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. That you could have life. Regardless of what you feel, you need to go to the word and declare the truth. If you feel that no one cares about you and no one loves you, you need to declare from Romans 8 that who can separate me from the love of God. When you feel that you have lost everything in your life through all circumstances, you need to go to the word of God and says, he is your help. Isaiah 41.13 says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. You see, church, when we get to that place, you begin to put yourself and root yourself in a strong foundation. If you want to get onto that journey of really moving to a place of spiritual abundance, you need to start implementing this in your life. Firstly, you need to have relationship with Jesus Christ, not religion. You need to, it's Christ alone. It is all about him. You must have your affections upon him. You need to read the word of God. You need to spend time in prayer. And the more you do that, this is where you begin to come to Jesus. Secondly, it must be truth over feelings. Put your trust in the truth and not be guided by your feelings. Allow truth to guide you. And my final point this morning is conquer never surrender. Again, conquer, never surrender. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Rocky Balboa, but um, I want to just read a little excerpt from when Rocky was speaking to his son who was going to give up everything, right? And he was going to take up a life of mediocrity. And this is what he said. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. 
It's a very mean and nasty place and it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now if you know what you're worth, and you then go out and get what you're worth. But you've got to be willing to take the hit and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you are because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that. And that ain't you. You're better than that. You know, sometimes, church, we as Christians think our Christian walk is all sunshine and rainbows, right? But we need to understand that this world is a mean and it's a nasty place. It will try bring you down and take you down and it will try to keep you there if it could. But you know what? We are children of God. We are one who overcomes. We are the ones who conquer. We are never ones who are to be taken down. You see, if you want to come to that place of spiritual abundance, you need to know that you are an overcomer, that you are a conqueror. In whatever you do, you need to put your trust in the Lord and say, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. You know, the world may be a bad place. It may try to get me down through the storms that I'm going. But I will conquer because of Jesus who rests in me, who lives in me. Hallelujah. You see, Paul understood this concept, right? The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 9-11 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. So this morning, if you feel that you are afflicted in any way, you will not be crushed because you're a child of God. Perplexed, but you are not driven to despair. You may be persecuted, but you are not forsaken. Struck down, but you will not be destroyed because you are a child of God. When you put your affection on Christ, when you put your love to him, when you put truth before feeling, this is when you begin to be a conqueror. This is when you begin to move from that place where you're being struck down, where you're spiritually dry, where you're spiritually weary and burdened. You begin to stand. You begin to conquer. You begin to come to that place of spiritual abundance where water, living water flows into your spiritual life and you begin to live that life that God has given to you. You know, that is such a freedom. When we get to that place, there is such a freedom for us. You know, we don't have to go through that up and down Christian walk. We can get to this place of consistently walking in the Lord when we know these truths in our life. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. There is going to be trouble in this world. But Jesus said, but have hope. Take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, as Christians, we need to be conquerors. Oftentimes, um, we give up even before the fight begins. In order to be a conqueror, you need to be in the battlefield. But oftentimes, we like to be in the playground rather than being in the battlefield. We want everything to all be sunshine and rainbows and everything to just work out perfectly, right? But we need to know that we do not battle against flesh and blood, but we battle against spiritualities, against principalities. And this is why in Ephesians 6, God has talked to us. He said, put on the armor of God. You are in a spiritual battle. 
And in order to be an overcomer in the middle of this battle, you need to have relationship with Father. You need to have relationship with Jesus. It is all about him. He needs to become the affection of your life. It is in Christ alone that you begin the spiritual journey. And when he becomes everything, all these things will start to follow you. When he becomes everything, you want to have relationship. When he becomes everything, you take him at his word, at his truth, not be led by your feelings. And when he becomes everything, you will become a conqueror, sure-footed in your faith. Hallelujah. So today I want to encourage you. Are there things that you need to conquer this morning in your life? What is it that is holding you down? Is there temptation in your life? that you're unable to conquer. The word says that he will help you. He will guide you to overcome temptation. Is there sin that you need to conquer in your life that is holding you down in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual journey? What is it that is holding you down? Is there addiction in your life that you just cannot overcome? The word says by his power you can overcome. There is nothing that you cannot break free in your life when you have Jesus Christ with you. Is there hate or anger in your life. You know, sometimes that hate and anger can actually stop us from growing spiritually in the Lord. You need to be able to conquer that. Is there unforgiveness in your life? You know, that can stop you from spiritually growing. You need to get to that place of conquering it. You know, you need to know what Jesus did for you upon that cross. And when you begin to do that, and when you begin to overcome all of these blockers in your life that are stopping you from spiritually growing, you will come to that place of a spiritual abundance. So you see, church, I really encourage you today in that place of a spiritual dryness for you to accelerate in your spiritual growth. You need to say the prayer of Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. You know, Christ alone, he becomes your affection. My flesh longs for you in this dry and weary land. And as you begin to do that, as you begin to have your affection on Christ and put away all of these religious things, as you begin to have relationship and call upon him, as you thirst for him and long for him, and as you meditate on his word day and night, you will be like one planted by streams of water producing fruit in its season, your leaves never withering and prospering in all that you do. So you see, when we do that, we become overcomers. We become those who have overcome. We come to a place of a spiritual walk that is just, you know, so wonderful. And it is a great place to be church. And I really pray that each of us will break through that today. That you spend time in prayer and say, Lord, I want this for my life. Lord, I want to get to that place of loving you and being led by you. And you know, when you come to the book of Revelation, the one who overcomes, there are great promises for the one who overcomes. The word says, overcomers are promised that they will eat from the tree of life, that they will be unharmed by the second death. They will eat from hidden manna and be given a new name. They will have authority over the nation. They will be clothed in white garments they will be made a permanent pillar in the house of God and sit with Jesus on his throne. You see, this is wonderful. And today you can have that. Today you can get to that place. And I really pray, you know, that you will get to that place by hungering after him, by thirsting after him, by making Jesus Christ the affection 
of your heart. So as we close, as we come to this closing time, I really just want everyone to bow your heads. You know, I'm, I'm just going to have a time of just praying over you at this moment. Because I believe that, you know, as we come in a, in a state of humbleness before the Father, as we come before him and saying, Lord, truly, I want things to change in my life. Spiritually, Lord, I want to come closer to you. I want to really have this relationship which you have made available for me. I want to come to this place where I'm just going, come to a place of spiritual abundance in your holy presence. Lord, I want you. I hunger after you. I thirst after you. And I believe that if, if you have that true heart, if you have that true affection and you truly want it, God is able to do that in your life today. So while every head is bowed, I'm just going to pray this prayer over you this morning that God is going to begin that mighty work of transformation. And as you do that, as you get planted, you are going to shine as a light for Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. As every head is bowed, Lord, I thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, Father, that what you have made available for us is just so mighty and so wonderful. Sometimes we just cannot imagine, Lord, the wonderful blessings that you have made available for each one of us, O oh God. And Lord, sometimes there are people here, Father God, who are in a place of spiritual dryness, who are wearied, who are burdened. The ground is dry and parched. And they don't know how to get out of that place into coming into full relationship, walk with you, God. Today, I pray that you'll send your reign of your spirit, O oh Father, upon those people, Father God. I pray upon each person that you'll rain down upon them, O oh Father God, and put in their heart a new affection for you. In you alone, Lord, that they seek you, that they have relationship with you, Jesus. And as they do that, they are led by your word, the truth of your word, O oh God. And that they conquer, Jesus, in order that they may be a light. In order that they get to that place of spiritual abundance, that they may shine as a light unto the world, unto all the people around them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Jesus, I just want to pray, Father God, that you will be with each one of us. And that you will lead us in the ways that will honor you and praise you and bless your holy name. Love you, Jesus. Hallelujah.